With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We better warn our uh, our feature interview. Uh, and it's all thanks to Morris, Morris Finance. Morris, bring our personal ap- approach to personal finance because he's going to be at Phillip Island this weekend for the MotoGP. Mm. And if you want to know who we're talking about, well... Let's just fire off the intro, shall we? The front of the race now is Chris Vermeulen. Chris Vermeulen is leading the race at the moment. Chris Vermeulen crosses the line. The 24-year-old Australian wins the Grand Prix of France here in Le Mans. And Suzuki back on the top step of the podium. It's almost a homecoming of sorts because uh, live and free coverage of the 2023 Australian Motor GP is on this Saturday, live from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time this Saturday on Network 10 and 10 Play. And then on Sunday, it is on from midday till 3 p.m. And you're going to be hearing and seeing a lot of this, man. So please welcome to the driver's seat for the first time, the one and only Chris Vermeulen. Hey guys, thanks very much for having me. No, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and you know, we, we lost uh, MotoGP on free to air this year, so the Australian Grand Prix has to go back on, and um, it's really good. And Tanner putting a, a big effort in, so um, yeah, looking forward to the weekend. And and you know, it's interesting, Chris, because um, whilst I love MotoGP and I love watching it, I probably don't get to see it enough given all the things that I do as well. Um, but yeah. every time. <laughs> I watch it. It is just bloody good racing. In fact, I reckon of the racing categories around the world, uh, MotoGP and IndyCar are the two most entertaining racing categories on the planet. And it hasn't been any different this year, even though we've had the, the which I sort of got to the start of the year and I thought, oh, I don't know about this sprint race format, not unlike what we have in Formula One. We have a race on Saturday, MotoGP, and on Sunday. But I, if I, I look at it and I reckon it's been a pretty good year. It's been pretty entertaining. It's been fantastic. And I've got to put my hands up and say, look, I wasn't a fan of the sprint race. So mm. I, I came through the World Superbike Paddock, which has two races, on the Saturday, and that's different. You get to Grand Prix, and it's sort of, it's a Grand Prix. It's like Formula One, you know, everything, all your progression during the weekend is a build-up to what you can do on that Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. It's, it's entire management. It's fuel saving. It's, it's, it's so much behind the scenes, and it's all that technology and other things on top of riding. So I was like, well, I'm not sure about this sprint race, but since it started, guys, I've been I've been a massive fan, you know, as just mm. someone that kicks back on the lounge and, and watches the racing. And um, it's it's short, like so it's half the race distance. There's points for the championship. It's changed the the way the championship evolves, and and the way the riders have got to get their you know their their ducks in a row earlier. Uh, they've got to get their bikes set up. They've got to understand the circuit. They've got to know what tire they're going to use for the sprint race, and then come Sunday, what's going to be different for a, a Grand Prix that's twice the length. So um, really different, and it's made it really exciting. So, um, you know, the it's, I think it just it just adds to, to MotoGP. And like you said, it's normally, it's a sport that puts on a lot of entertainment generally. Generally, there's been overtakes, a lot of overtakes, um, compared to Formula One, for example, and, and the sprint race format's just added to it. So um, the fan base is building. But this weekend at Phillip Island, I can't wait because 
it's probably the closest race we get of the whole year because it's the it's let's face it it's probably the best racing track for motorcycles mm. around the world and then they're going to do a shortened race it's it's going to be chaotic and i can't wait to see it uh, mate, now uh, a hero of mine and no doubt yours, Barry Sheen once described Phillip Island Race Circuit as the gateway to hypothermia. So all of those, all of the, all of those hardy souls that are planning to make their way down to the island this weekend, what's in store from a weather point of view? Is it going to be sunny and nice, or is it going to be absolutely horrendous? Yeah, probably, probably all the above. I reckon. <laughs> like, you know, you know what Philip Island's like. It's like, and, and, and Bab said it perfectly, didn't it? And it, the other, the other good thing down there, if you don't like the weather, wait, wait five minutes. You know, so um, yeah. it just changes, and um, the wind is a big thing. And I've seen it in the middle of Grand Prix where where the tyres have been working, and then the temperature drops, and you you're, you're struggling to keep temperature into the tyres. Um, and, and it's very abrasive. It's it's the highest average speed circuit that MotoGP goes to, but yeah. The weather, I had a few mates, because I'm from Queensland, so I had a few mates talking to me before I went down. They said, what's the weather like? And I said, it's not even worth looking at the forecast because <laughs> it's going to be all over the place. But I think the forecast does say Saturday's not too bad, but Sunday's um, going to be pretty cold and maybe maybe a chance of a few shallots. So oh, let's good. see what the island brings. Right, Chris, I just jumped on the bomb just to have a quick look because we're, we're experiencing uh, some, some warmth in Melbourne today, which is unusual. So I thought hopefully this will carry <laughs> over to the weekend. And I had a look at the forecast and on Saturday, a shower or two and windy. And on Sunday, more showers <laughs> with a top of 16. And the, the, part that, the part that I really want to like emphasize is windy because I think even on a clear day at PI, it is one of the places that could blow your socks off. Oh, you know, but last year, for example, I did a, a promo with the, the Grand Prix Corporation and Casey Stoner and I rode bikes from Melbourne and it was pre the event. We recorded it. It was sort of his homecoming and, and um, big adventure bikes, rode all the way down and then did a couple of laps of the track. And even Casey said to me, he goes, I, it was a perfect day. I tell you, it was about, it was an August day. It was about 18 degrees. There wasn't a breath of wind. There wasn't any chop on the ocean. And he's like, why can't we get a race weekend like this? Because you're right, it never <laughs> happens. The wind blows up and it changes direction. It'll, it'll be a headwind down the straight and it'll be a sidewind. It'll push you into, into turn four, which is now Miller Corner. Like it's, it's chaotic. And now these MotoGP bikes are getting more and more technology. There's more aerodynamics in the bikes, like Formula One as well. So that's going to affect them even more so than when I race. Because if you haven't been to the Phillip Island race circuit, I know you have, Nimsy. I think you did a lap around there, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you haven't been there, when you go down the main straight, the Gardner Strait, if you look at the Melbourne sign that's usually there, the road actually then drops away and it heads down towards Bass Strait. And when you're talking about with the wind there, Chris, when that wind blows up, you can be humming down the main straight, all good in the hood, get to that little hump and head down, and then all of a sudden – in from a car perspective, you get thumping understeer or any of that sort of stuff. I've got to say, when I watch the bikes go down there, and I've actually never been to a MotoGP race. I'd love to go one day, but when you watch it on TV, every time they go down that straight, when we've got a weather forecast like we do this weekend, <laughs> I look at it with a little bit of terror because tipping these rockets into turn one, at, what, what are you doing on a MotoGP bike at Phillip Island turn one? Uh, what sort of speed? Yeah. 
330 sort of 3:30 <laughs> yeah they they they're moving they're moving these things these things are they're rocket ships they're 300 horsepower and they weigh about 160 kilos you know so it's, wow. it is ridiculous and um but the the other thing is and and you're right as you sort of go under that that final melbourne sign it's that's that's the pedestrian crossing across the bridge uh, across the yeah. track sorry where people can walk the MotoGP bike, there's a little bump there, and you're still mm. accelerating. You're probably doing about 280, 290 there, and they will start to wheel stand if you're not oh, ready no. or have you set up <laughs> right. <laughs> so the wind gets underneath you, and the front wheel's like a little bit in the air. That's um, yeah, that, that's um, that's brown brown underwear territory. Oh I'll yeah, that is that is an extremely <laughs> hard pass from McKeldon. He is not doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, speaking of weather, if we we just roll the tape back to. Indonesia a little while ago, the battle between Banyaya and Jorge Martin, that was sort of inclement. It was hot. Uh, they had a bit of a mm-hmm. coming together, obviously. Uh, the, the, it was a dramatic win, obviously, from Jorge. But Francesco Paco is up on top of the, the, the sheets. They're going to have to renew that battle this weekend, which, which is what I love. Uh, they're both extremely professional individuals, and they both like this circuit. So I reckon that championship battle between Jorge Martin and uh, and Paco Bagnaia, I reckon that's on for this weekend. Uh, you're 100 percent right. You know, Paco is the reigning world champion, so he reeled in a massive points deficit last year to Fabio Quartararo at the end of the year, wrapped up that title, first first title for Ducati Riders' Championship since. Since Casey Stunner won in 07, and um, he was he's dominant, and he started this year like a world champion. You know, just consistency. He's made a couple little mistakes, but mm. generally putting the points away. You know, if it's not a great weekend, he's finishing second or third. But the last three rounds or four rounds, uh, Jorge Martin, whatever they've done at Ducati or Primark Ducati for him, he's just found the speed. So he yeah. is the man that is the fastest guy in the world at the moment on that motorcycle, and he is fast, but he made he, he made a crash. He, he won the sprint race in Indonesia on the Saturday, and it looked yep. like he was going to win the, the main Grand Prix on Sunday. Three-second lead, threw it down the road. But you said those conditions were really difficult. The track temperature was over 60 degrees. Wow. It was very slippery. It was very dirty circuit, so there was sort of one line, and he just made a little mistake and went down. But he is still full of confidence. But, yeah, going into the island, those two guys, you know, I think they're going to be very, very quick around here, but it's going to be interesting to see the mental games and how that plays out because there's a hell of a lot of other fast riders that that, that could be on the podium or this weekend. Oh, absolutely. Bezeki, Binder, any of the, the sort of yep. top seven right all the way down to Jack Miller, who's who's in the top ten. Hasn't had a great year this year acclimatising to the KTM. But um, tell me, just, just back on Banyaya and Martin, one of the things we love about uh, here on the driver's seat is all the dramatic stuff that goes on behind uh, behind pit lane. What are they like as individuals? Yep. Like, is do Banyaya and Martin do they do they like each other? Do they love? Would they love to smack each other? Is there a little bit of needle and aggro there, or are they pretty good mates? <laughs> Look, they get on pretty well. It's not the it's not the uh, the seventies, you know, where um, Barry Sheen and Kenny <laughs> Roberts just hated each yeah. other, or or the nineties, you know, that that Wayne Rainey and Kevin Schwantz. All they wanted to do, it didn't matter if they were last and second last, they just wanted to beat each other. But these guys, look, they're, 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 it's a different era, and, and they get on well, but two very different characters. Pecco sure. is really calm, 
collected. He's not a show pony in any way. I reckon if you walk down the street, you, you probably wouldn't recognise him. He just sort of he likes to blend in, hide away. Jorge Martin, he's this little pocket rocket. There's there's nothing of him. He's probably five foot nothing, but he's he's a he's a stocky little fella. Works out mm. quite hard um, because he's short. He can he can put on more muscle. But he's a, he's a show pony. You know, the shirt comes off. Um, loves the women and um, loves <laughs> people talking about him. So two very different characters, and and that's what makes the sport as well. You know, so they they got they got they both got their fans. <laughs> you, you, we, Matty just touched on uh, Jack Miller there, obviously being his uh, home GP and not having the best run of form. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he has, it almost does seem like he's on the other side of uh, the little mid-year slump that he's having and he is ninth mm. in, in the um, in the championship. But do you reckon, like, obviously it's a home race for him. He's at a track that, uh, you know, he knows fairly well, but the last time he was here, he didn't really do too well. You'll probably have a whole heap of commitments and things like that. I mean, how much pressure is there on him coming to Phillip Island this week, especially since it's not often you come to a track and race on one that's got a corner named after you as well. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, a lot of people get a corner named after him, but it's it's post-retirement sort of stuff, you know. So to actually race and still still be in, in the top level of World Championship and the corner named after you, that's different. But, yeah, Jack had a, an unfortunate um, race last year. Um, Alex Marquez ran into the back of Jack in his own corner, at Miller Corner, <laughs> believe it or not, and um, just made a little little breaking error and took Jack, error, sorry, and took Jack down. And, it, you know, that's just, that's just really bad luck. But that happens and that's racing. Um, but Jack, he's been fast here in the past. So he won a Moto3 race in 2014. If you've never seen close Moto3 racing, wow, that was um, that was sensational, that Grand Prix. And um, he's been on the podium in MotoGP as well. So he knows this circuit. But you're right, he is on a little bit of a, you know, slump in form. And uh, I've got to say he started this year sensationally. I think he did better at the start of this year than I expected. He challenged for podiums, um, really took some development to KDM and brought the bike on. But the last few races, he really struggled to... He can do one lap fast. But to do a whole race, he seems to struggle with tyre wear. So it's something they've got to work out. Um, but he loves here. And he loves he loves the vibe. He loves being home. He's another one. Like, he's like Jorge Martin. You know, he loves people talking about him and, and, the, and, you know, all that emphasis around him being the only Aussie and having a chance. So um, I think, I, I hope he's going to have a strong one. And I, I think he's got the potential there to do it. Um, I, there's, a, there's something that's happened sometimes in the world of motorsport things happen um away from the circuit that just tell you that the world's just in a, a bit of an odd place at the moment mm. and one of those has been the signing of Mark Marquez to Grassini Ducati i mean Mark Marquez leaving Honda is like Craig Lowndes leaving Holden all those years ago or Brock heading over to Ford or something like that when i when i read the news I could not believe that even though Honda, I mean, let's let's be fair, the bike that, that they've been giving Marc Marquez for a little while and also with his uh, his injury and that sort of stuff, it's been a bit of a shit fight. It hasn't been great for him to come yeah. back on that one. Uh, but the Grassini Ducati, he's going to go across. How do we reckon he will adapt to that? Because they're certainly two different things, aren't they? I, I wish I'd put some money on a bet on this because I reckon you would have got like a million to one, wouldn't you? Oh, like no one uh, would have Absolutely. Expected. Yep. Mark yep. Marquez, the biggest name in the sport, you know, the rumour is he's paid an absolute fortune. It was a five-year, 100 million euro deal from Honda or something stupid like that. Yeah. Um, and, and to leave early in a contract, to, cut, mm. to break a contract um, with Honda and to go to a private Ducati team like 
there's there's four Ducati teams, and this is number four in the pecking order. <laughs> so you know you're yeah. going from number one man at a manufacturer that whatever you say goes to being the last guy in Ducati's list almost. It's it, it, when you look at it from that side, you go, why, why? Yeah. But you're right. You know, Mark had that injury, and I think the Honda is still. It's a normal motorbike where the rules in MotoGP and the technology is coming in. It's getting more like car racing, like Formula One. And, mm. and there's more emphasis on the, the motorcycle is making more of a difference than the rider can do. So if, you, if you're the best rider on the worst bike, you can't win anymore. Where perhaps in the past you could, you could override and, and get around a little bit of that. Yeah. So the Honda's nowhere near it. And, um, and Mark just wants to win races again. So, I mean... Man, he's got some guts to do that. Like you're 100. percent He wants to win races, and so that's why it just blew my mind that he's gone with Grassini. I mean, if he'd gone across to Factory Ducati, you know, you go, okay, get that. That's all good in the hood. I understand all that. But to go to Grassini, um, it will be, it will almost be a Michael Schumacher Ferrari mid 90s when Ferrari couldn't win a trick and Michael had to rebuild the team and do all that sort of stuff. It, It, it's, it's what I hope. Uh, is going to be on the cards for Mark Marquez to be able to drag that thing up. I'm 100% with you, and I really hope he can do it. Because, yeah, yeah, you're right. If he would have went to the factory KDM or factory Ducati or something mm. else, you go, yeah, mm. fair enough. But this is um, this is massive. And if he can make it work, you've got to put him up there. He's the greatest of all time, potentially. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, mate, we're going to let you go because we know you've been on the interview trail today as a couple of our text messages have come in today <laughs> saying that uh, one actually came in and said that uh, he, he really wants your pay packet at the end of the week. Well, here he goes. Uh, I'd like, this is from the big G. I'd like Chris's pay packet this week. This is the third or fourth time I've heard him doing an interview for review for the GP. Now, before we let you go, though, um, important question. If you're going to Cowes, which is on Phillip Island, it's the main town, um, yep. What is your destination for your traditional Friday and or Saturday night pizza? Is it Pino's, which is the go-to for most, or is it Isola di Capri, which is also absolutely sensational? They're the two picks, I reckon. Where does Chris Vermeulen go for his oh, pizza in Cows? I, I go to Isola di Capri down the bottom. I, yep. I feel really bad because, you know, they're family. Hey, they're all related. And, yeah. Um, oh, are they really? I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, one yeah, one right. side married, the other side the family, and then there was a falling out. And um, but yeah, I <laughs> a little bit like NASCAR, the, all in the family. All, <laughs> it's a pretty small community, isn't it? But um, <laughs> yep. No, I went there the first year with Castrol Honda back in two thousand and one, uh, and that's where my teammate. So that's where I started, and that's where I keep going. So there you go. Righto. Isola de Capri for Vermeulen and for McKeldon, it's probably Pinot's, both Friday and Saturday night. The amount of pizzas I have smashed down at that joint over the years with being an instructor at AMG, you couldn't count on 15 hands. So uh, I'm, I'm going to miss it this weekend. But, uh, mate, welcome back to the screens of 10. Welcome back to Free-to-Air TV. Uh, it's been too long. We're glad you're back, mate, and looking forward to the MotoGP this weekend. Can't wait to see the weekend. Hopefully the weather's better than what you said. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having a shot, guys. These are the hard-hitting questions to get on the driver's seat, Chris. But, uh, <laughs> but we bet you, haven't, bet you haven't had that on any of your other interviews. He knows no, or Isla no, de Capri. No. Hey, but we're yeah, look- well, which pizza am I eating? There you go. <laughs> but we, uh, we look forward to seeing you on the screens of 10. It is going to be all-star coverage uh, of the 2023 Australian MotoGP. Saturday, live from 1pm till 4pm Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Sunday from 
midday on from midday till 3 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. It's live and free on Channel 10 and 10 plays. You can get it on the go. Chris, uh, we've taken up far too much of your time, and now you've got your pizza recommendations. You could sort of plan your meals <laughs> for the next couple of days. But uh, don't be a stranger on the driver's seat, mate. We'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Will do. Thanks very much, guys. <laughs> there we go. Chris Vermeulen joining us here on The Driver's Seat, our feature interview. Thanks to Morris Finance. Morris makes all finance simple for your business, investment, or personal finance needs. Call Morris today. And, Maddie, isn't it just great to see Topline Motorsport back on free-to-air TV? Where it belongs and where it should be for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, I get the paywall thing, and some people like to pay. Like, I like a paywall because you don't get as many ads and – and all that kind of stuff. So I'm pretty happy, but not everyone can afford, uh, you know, gear KO or your Fox Sports or yeah. any of that sort of stuff. And I think when it comes to things like Grand Prix and MotoGP, World Rally, any of these super high echelon stuff, everyone should be able to get the old uh, the old eyeballs and the earballs um, watching and listening our sport.